0: This podcast is a member of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts and content creators, visit bio.link red5.
1: Hey, this is Jedi Master Rob LeBerry, host of the Jedi Temple Archives podcast, and you're listening to... Wait, hold on. Hold on one second. What the force? Hey, hey, aren't you Dr. Sonny Ravencourt of the University of Coruscant? Nope. No, you absolutely are. I recognize you. No, you were in the archives not too long ago. I believe you were on a tour, a guided tour. Uh, Look, here's the deal. This temple is not open to outsiders without escort. So you're gonna just have to move right along or I'm gonna have to get Jedi temple security. Oh, come on. I can't get this kind of information at the University of Coruscant. Look at this transcription. This Jedi was murdered. All right, uh, that, that's it. We're not gonna have this conversation. Padawan, please go get the temple guards. Oh, I really don't think you need to call Jedi secure. Okay, here they come. I gotta go. Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. Goodbye, Dr. Ravencourt. All right. Sorry about that. Uh, Where was I? Oh, right. And you're listening to Conversations Podcast with Pat and Charles. Conversations. It's a translation to a Star Wars nation. It's a celebration!
0: Hello! And welcome to Conversations.
2: I'm Charles. And I'm Pat, and this is Take 13 of Episode 102. Throughout the galaxy, there are many diverse worlds, from those with lush green, snow covered plains to dense forestry and exotic bioilluminescence. I got it that time. But none with the rich warrior history of
0: mandalore oh yes mandalore i feel like it's pretty
2: pertinent right now
0: absolutely is there's like
2: a show about a guy from there
0: yeah the last of us
2: yeah no sorry (laughs) right (laughs) oh yes well i mean that guy's kind of from there he's a family Mm. um and it's been a while since we did a planet
0: yes it has been and like you said, very pertinent and uh, figures to be a central plot point for Season 3 of The Mandalorian and, you know, Season 2.5 of The Mandalorian as well. So uh, Mandalore itself is uh, in the Outer Rim Territories, in the yeah. sector of Mandalore, in the Mandalorian, well, the Mandalore system as well.
2: What? Are you kidding me?
0: They're so self-centered. It's not funny.
2: They surround the, um, the sun.
0: The sun, that's right. The Mandalore Self-centered. <laughs>
2: Oh, <laughs> self-centered. Yeah. They're in
0: like a new territories area, like a region called the new territories of.
2: Yeah, their but system. that was like a while ago. So now they're like the the normal territories. Right, just so big and so important. Okay, yeah, the, or the old territories, because they were discovered a while ago. Right, they're new at one
0: point now. They're just like.
2: Right, exactly. <laughs> now they're
0: just called territories.
2: <laughs> exactly. Yes. Yeah. So the Mandalore system has a couple of planets: it's got Mandalore and Kalevala. Hmm, which sounds like something that we could get down with tasty so, dessert. Yeah, like baklava. Um, and um, there's Mandalore's moon, Concordia. Yes. Now
0: there's two moons, but the second one I couldn't find any name to it. It was referred to just as a second. Ah, uh, you know why? Because that's no moon.
2: <laughs> it's a space
0: station. No. Of course. That's always them. But yes,
2: Concordia. Okay, many smugglers have made that mistake.
0: (laughs) And not many of them live to tell the tale. No, sir. Yeah, Concordia, that's going to be a huge part of Mandalore's uh, story for sure.
2: You okay? Yeah. You going to make it through? Yes. All right, don't worry, I got this. So so Mandalore (laughs) itself is composed uh, mainly of uh, forests and jungles and mountains. But do not fear... Because there's also lakes and seas. Okay. You know what else there is? Scorched Earth. <laughs> the Siege of Mandalore, which <laughs> took all of that away, and now it's desert and ash. Indeed. Um, it's also near the Hydean it's not Way. not Scorched Earth, it's
0: Scorched it's Mandalore. Scorched Mandalore, it's true. <laughs> not Earth is an Earth. It's very near the Hydean Way, which... Yeah. It was established... Hyperspace. Yeah, way. hyperspace, exactly, and... This route was established so that it could include the space around the outer rim planet Ariadu, or Ariadu, depending on how you want to pronounce it, uh, which was yeah. a producer of lomite, which is a, a key ingredient of transparisteel. steel, but it's also the home planet of Tarkin, it's the family Tarkin, yes. which is really cool.
2: And they went there in um, Rogue, Rogue one. one.
0: Exactly. Yeah, which is really cool. And they mentioned it in first episode of Mandalorian Season 3, which is really cool. The Hydean Way, at least.
2: Right. So the first appearance, now that we're mentioning its uh, involvement in the in the shows and such, uh, it was first appeared in The Clone Wars, Season 2, Episode 12, The Mandalore Plot. Go figure. Uh-huh. So they go to Mandalore, and, um, you know, that's the first time we see it. And this is back, of course, uh, pre-Empire in the Clone Wars era. Right. So it is, as I described, with its forest, jungles, mountains, and lakes and seas. And jewel-colored lakes. Yes. Now... From what
0: I was reading, through the Mandalore Cataclysm, as it as it's called, happens uh, in one of the final battles with the Jedi on Mandalore, mm-hmm. and that really reduced the planetary's uh, sort of flora really to you know its most minimal level. And like you said, during the Clone Wars and some of the other battles, uh, what was left of any greenery was just like stripped away and just became a sort of like wind blown dust mold.
2: Yeah, and you know it's there's mentioning that. The Jedi and the Mandalorians were um, not very friendly to each other. No, 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 they were not. So, (laughs) so, to say the least, yeah, there was the Jedi-Mandalorian War that took place. Right. And um, so so there's a whole rich um, history between the two groups. It doesn't paint either one in a particularly good light. But.
0: Right. That's a great point, too, because you think that, um, you know, apart from the fact that you just said it, um, the other side of it is, too, like the Jedi, even before, uh, the Clone Wars, where they were sort of thrust into battle as generals and on-field, um, officers, um, they were the keepers of the peace of the galaxy and mm-hmm. had a much different role. But, uh, Mandalore and the Mandalorians always had this role of being the, this warring sort of society. And for the Jedi, I wouldn't say punched down. To their level, but definitely uh, meet them at where their uh, their best is. In Mandalore's case, which is like warfare, and it's it's an interesting take on how they approach that uh, particular society in their history.
2: Yeah, and I think it's kind of a fine line to walk as keepers of the peace because you you know you have your your ear to the ground, so to speak, as to what's going on, and then you've got this culture that is always. Ready for battle, always training, always you know, upping their military game and all. And yeah. so you kind of take notice to that. You know, maybe we got to keep our eyes on these guys because they're they're getting a little ahead of everybody else in terms of like their you know military structure and and kind of looking for a fight. Right. So it's like, all right, well, you know, let's keep our finger on the pulse here and see where this goes. And you know, because it could very easily turn into like a uh, like an Alexander the Great type of thing, you know, where okay. these guys are like powerful and trained and and have the resources and and this sort of warrior mindset that they just decide that they want to take over everything.
0: So you like what you're saying is like almost keeping him in check, like keeping him... A-
2: right, right. Okay. So that then, then, then Jedi had to right because they're you know they, they they took this oath to like protect people. So that's kind of like my idea of of how that all kind of came together okay, for that cool. for the mandalorian jedi right. war right? right so yeah but the jedi i mean the jedi were like all right we got this we got lightsabers and wield the force and the mandalorians were like yeah right guess what we have bullets haha <laughs> <laughs> so, beskar armor <laughs> right yeah so it's like okay well like you know they deflect blaster bolts with the sabers but not bullets so slug throwers as they call them Nice. Uh, which is a pretty cool name for a gun. It you know, is like really that. cool. <laughs> um, so they put down their blasters and, and picked up slug throwers to, for that war. So as I see it, the Mandalorians were like, yo, we're minding our business. You come over here, like, put down your weapons. And they're like, pry it from my cold dead fingers. And then that's how that went. <laughs> um, so I get where Mandalore's coming from with, like, the Jedi. Dude. Yeah. Um, and then the Jedi are like, yeah, but these guys, we came to be like, hey, Don't be starting stuff. And then they started stuff. So yeah, they're matching. Yeah,
0: they're matching what they're putting out. And, uh, prior to the scorched surface of Mandalore itself, so there was a couple of, uh, of beasts that were native to that planet. And, uh, the Galar and the High Galar, also known as Shriekhawks, again, some of these uh, sort of fantastical beasts. And of course, one of the most pivotal ones is the mythosaur and part of yeah, the lore. Yeah, of course. Yeah, and I had no idea that they were hunted into extinction. And I thought that was part of the like, sort of like the, the environmental, uh, you know, catastrophe that it went through, but no.
2: Would uh, you think asteroids hit it and took them all out, like the dinosaurs? Yeah. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> but uh they became like
0: um sort of benchmarks of the prowess of the mandalorians throughout the ages as a you know badge of honor sort of thing a rite of passage
2: right that's like a revered like the mythosaur skull is mm-hmm. like a revered symbol for mandalorians so i i would imagine that you know with Din and the Mudhorn, it's like, yeah, okay, so I, uh, you know, killed a Mudhorn. Like right. that, that's it's pretty impressive. It's but a mythosaur impressive. is, like, bigger and better than a Mudhorn.
0: And it so, speaks to the entire culture versus, yeah. just like, the sort of personal experience of Din.
2: Right, so it's like, you mess with a mythosaur, you're top dog. Yeah. Yeah? So, and with not many of them around, it's like, well, you know, you find one and then you kill it, then you're even better off. <laughs> you know? Like, they just hand you the Darksaber at that point. Right. And it's funny you should mention <laughs> that the Darksaber, because... Um, funny I should mention the Darksaber.
0: Because, you know, we have that episode, what we did with um, Rob of the Jedi Temple Archives podcast, and we oh. spoke oh, about we that. got to it before I did. It. There you go. Okay. And, um, you know, we delve very deep into the history of that weapon. That's
2: episode 48, I think, I believe. That- it was deeper than I was comfortable with, for okay. sure. <laughs> Especially with a blade like that. <laughs> right, exactly. That's a huge part of Mandalorian culture as well. And you've got this Mandalorian who's Force-sensitive, which I'm sure several of them are. But I feel as though, um, given the history uh, between them, it's the kind of conflicting. It's like, all right, well, you know, so here's the first Mandalorian Jedi, yeah. you know, and he constructs this weapon that's unlike any other lightsaber, which is pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Tar what we're and talking he- about here, right? Right. Mm-hmm. So um so I would imagine in the history books they're like you know they're careful about how they approach this guy cuz it's like listen he's like king mandalorian right but then at the same time he was a jedi and we don't like the jedi so it kind of tread lightly on mm-hmm. uh, on how you you know revere him through history but pretty cool dude and um and of course uh he created this weapon and then after he died and then you know the thing if you listen to the episode So now that's become like Mandalorian legend, along with the the great mythosaur and things like that, that are ingrained in our culture as warriors.
0: Yeah. And like you brought up um, in one of our most recent episodes, in the anatomy of a duel between uh, Obi-Wan and uh, Pre Vizsla. Oh, yeah. uh, We had discussed when the, the Mandalorians raided the Jedi Temple on Coruscant, it wasn't so much about. Who was the winner of that Darksaber? We'll get to that sort of Ascension role a bit later on in this episode. But this guy comes back with this Darksaber stolen from the Jedi Temple amid this war between the Jedi, or at least this conflict. Of course, the person who's going to have that is going to be seen as this, not as a hero, but like this Ascension to the man, like M-A-N-D apostrophe A-L-O-R-E. The
2: Great Mandalore. Right, right.
0: So that sets in motion then that the, the whoever wields the dark saber and, and and forevermore uh, wins it in conflict is now the leader of uh, mandalore but um so it became this uh, symbol of power and yeah. uh which helped rule the warring faction of mandalore until after you know the centuries of conflict and the scorched surface era that the society itself on mandalore turned its back on violence and then put the dark saber sort of on the back burner. And that's where we sort of pick up the story in the Clone Wars.
2: Yeah, and it's interesting to hear Vo-Katan mention it in the Season 3 premiere of Mandalorian, where she's like, listen, you still have that saber. You wave that around, they'll do whatever you Every, want. Yeah, and the way she said that. Yeah, so it's almost like, yeah, if you have that, you're, you know, King Mandalore and all this. But if you don't, good luck, man. You know, and she she puts the blame squarely on Death Watch and 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 these other sort of um, extremist
0: groups. Yeah, the cults, as she puts it. Yeah. That,
2: yeah, that have kind of splintered off of where Mandalorian culture was going. You know, like you said, with the pacifism with Duchess Satine and all, and really fractured the peoples of Mandalore in in a way that 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 she attributes to their downfall. Yeah. So. You know, so you've got this time of war, a galactic war, and the Clone Wars and everything, where, like, literally every system is, is made to take a side. And, you know, Mandalore comes with Satine at the helm and says, like, we're peaceful, we're not getting involved in any war. You know, yes. which kind of allowed them to stay out of it, you know, rest of the universe's problems, or the rest of the universe's problems um so they were like we take care of ourselves we're not fighting anybody or anything so leave us alone and and they kind of got away with it for a while but <laughs> at the expense of their own people yes you yeah. know because you know she announced that you know we're pacifists and most of them were like wait what yeah. wait, no no we've been like generations upon generations of warrior culture and you're like nah we're gonna sit this one out and they're like what
0: <laughs> you can take your warring culture and go to the moon of concordia <laughs> how
2: yeah, about and that they like, they're like we will and they <laughs> packed up their best bar and left
0: <laughs> that's yeah exactly it and and uh satine kree she formed the new mandalorians government that you know was a more pacifist like you said they were neutral um and that was the backbone of their sort of new society. Is they're not going to take any positions. They're not going to be a warring culture anymore. They're going to do what's best for their own planet and hopefully be able to coexist with all sides and still flourish. Um, and like you said, it lasted for a while. But, uh, it, it, you know, that planet, unfortunately, became ripe for the picking. And what was really interesting when I was reading about this is that at like, some point before the invasion of Naboo, when the Civil War erupted on Naboo. The Mandalore. Naboo! Um, it's just Naboo, um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, and Civil War up there on Mandalore. They sent Qui Gon Jinn and Padawan Obi Wan to Mandalore, yes. and they spent a year there and protected Satine, yeah, as the you know the insurgents attempted to kill her and the group and, the, and bounty hunters being like chasing them all over the place, which I found really but, interesting.
2: So and then Jedi had this really bad idea of like, hey. See this good-looking woman in power? <laughs> Let's get some, like, teenage stud to <laughs> hang out with her. And then they can have attachments, so it'll be fine. Yeah,
0: they'll, 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 he'll get over it, no problem. Wait, how
2: many times do they have to do this stuff before it comes back to bite him? Twice. Twice. <laughs> that we know of. Right. So, Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan go, and they protect her. Uh, it's like verbatim. What happened with With... Obi Wan and Anakin? Yeah, exactly. And and uh, (laughs) so it's like, oh, there's this Satine and this stud, you know, Hugh McGregor. Yeah. So it's like, of course she fell for him, right? And of course he fell for her because she's cool and everything. Of course. But he had the sense, you know, not to, to you know, unhilt his saber, as it were, and um, (laughs) and you know, just kind of kept that one under wraps.
0: Or under cloth. Yeah.
2: Right. Exactly. (laughs) Under tunic. So, so what happened was, uh, you know, when we flashed, this is all in like literature. Yes, right. So then we flash forward to the Clone Wars, and it's like, oh, Obi Wan is here on Mandalore, and there's Satine. He's like, "Sup, girl," and she's like, "Yeah." Yo. You know, like, you know, they got that history, and you're yes. like, "All right, okay, I see where you're at." You know, so it's one of those things where, like, it didn't come back to bite you this time, but. But don't do it again, exactly. and then what the Jedi do? They do it again. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and what's interesting is that they don't mention anything about age um, when Qui-Gon was... Yeah, but he was
2: a Padawan, so you know He was a young. Padawan, yeah, he and was younger. And it was before Phantom Menace. So right. he was
0: like, what, like 20 at, in Phantom Menace? At the, yes, exactly. So yes. he could be between 15 and 20, because this is yeah. prior to the, so... <laughs> Where the hormones are flying. Exactly, and now then you project then that to, um, to Satine, who, you know, we've seen it already with Padme, who was a strong female character. She very well could have been leading the uh, the Mandalore um society from a younger age. So that the age gap could have been totally fine. Because when I first read that, it's like, oh, are we you know, cradle robbing again or crash robbing in this case. Um, <laughs> but it doesn't necessarily mean that at all. And uh so no. it's very interesting that the seeds of that relationship, whether it's you know, uh romantic or just professional, it certainly seems uh, romantic, especially uh in the Clone Wars. Uh, the, the framing of it is very, like you said, very reminiscent of Anakin, and uh, so it was uh, it was not refreshing. But it was like, here we go, like here's a, here's a repeat of the story. You know, It's
2: <laughs> not refreshing at all. No. And that's the whole like, why would they do that with Anakin and put him in such a precarious position? Well, because they have a long and storied history <laughs> of doing that and doing putting that. young Padawans in a precarious position. <laughs> Who knows? This is one of his trials. <laughs> I failed, Master. I'm sorry, Master. <laughs> but I can't blame it. It was too sexy, Master. <laughs> um it starts off when you see them together in the Clone Wars that like you already know, like, uh, they got some stuff going on. Yes. And you know, it's like he's a general. He knows what's up, he knows how to be professional and she's obviously been in the public eye for quite some time and um and uh, as a leader of this sort of new Mandalorian government. You know, she's got to have tact and everything. So they're like, oh, good afternoon, Master Jedi. You know, like, mm-hmm. not like, what's up, Kenobi? Yeah, playing so, it
0: off as professional, but yeah, there's. there's yeah, a but of you
2: can tell. You can yeah. tell the way they look at each other, the way they speak to each other. You know, you got that history there. So those bits and pieces of those sort of different factions we have, like, Rao and, and, you know, yeah. um Previsla yeah. and, and, and all these different and, yeah. types of um, cults, really, that cling to certain parts of Mandalorian culture.
0: Yeah, and the rituals if you've got a family who's traditionally had the power, they're certainly going to try to cling on to it. So it was very fractious and uh, very individualistic at the clan level. It made it very hard to keep all of these different families happy. And obviously, which is why, you know, it was a tough job and a tough sell to get that
2: pacifistic society to, to work. I'll tell you what else is a tough sell, mentioning Klingons on this show. <laughs> Um, yeah, so, so then, of course, not to skip around or jump around, but then, you know, we've, we've got Sabine Wren, Star Wars yes. Rebel, they, you know, she's still got that sort of, um, Mandalorian history that, that she's aware of, of course, you know, with the Darksaber, she knows the whole story of mm-hmm. that, and the, the factions and all, and, and kind of how Clan Wren is its own Faction that takes its own um, sort of ideals, yeah, from Mandalorian history. Very powerful house
0: too. They they got a a strong say there too, for sure.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. She's uh, uh, I I would venture to say that she's practically royalty.
0: Ooh, you know, Ursa Wren and uh, the whole clan, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh
2: exactly. So they're like they're like big deal. Yeah. So I feel like um, you know for her to now be in this position where She's got the Darksaver mm-hmm. with Kena Jarrus and all. Yeah. And, uh, and she's learning that end of things. She's already learned all the other aspects of Mandalorian culture through her life and everything. Um, so now to be learning that and, and from a Jedi perspective right. is, is interesting as well, because that's not a perspective that most Mandalorians would be offered and then learn from yeah and then what and then throw
0: in her empire training because after the fall of mandalore and after the the empire took over they put up an academy on mandalore and she was Mm -hmm. part of that so she got some big time training in there and unfortunately was part of a device that she helped create you know ironically called the duchess but if the house wren came to the forefront in the Rebels era. Where could that power have been wielded when Satine was going through her crisis? I mean, really, was for those for those years in the Clone Wars, it was crumbling. Like you said, it didn't it didn't have much of a leg to stand on. She didn't, you know, she did not put uh, Mandalore as part of the Galactic Republic. She was very hands off. In fact, she led the creation of the Council of Neutral Systems Mm -hmm. because that's the position that she wanted to keep Mandalore in. And I had no idea that that was like fifteen hundred plus systems that were part of that. And so that represented a really strong, or at least numerous grouping of systems. But ultimately, they're, you know, they still fell prey to uh, not only um, their own, you know, internal strife, but, you know, external uh, pressures, whether it be from uh, the Republic, or even CIS, you know, and then so it It was a very tenuous grasp that they had on this third position where you 're not for the Republic or for the c i s you 've got this uh you 're trying to hold these things together and if only they had the you know the support or stronger support from like sabine 's house wren or uh, the Saxons or all these other of their houses of power, they could have put up a stronger fight for it, but that ultimately that didn 't happen and some nefarious character came in and uh, took over that and, you know, brought that into a wholly different galaxy.
2: Yeah, I think that's part of the issue is when you divide yourself so much, then nobody wants to get on board with anything because everyone's been so divided. So it's like, okay, now we need to band together and refute these influencers, these uh, you know, people from the Republic or from, you know, the CIS and say, hey, now, you know, we've got our own thing going and all, and there is strength in numbers, and when you've alienated a lot of your people in the name of peace, eventually peace is going to deteriorate, because, you know, with the, the nature of war and ultimately then the Empire, it's like, you can't stand on your own. right If you're going to fight any of this, you need to have as many resources, as many numbers as you can, because eventually, they're Going to come for you, right? Especially then, yeah. a place like Mandalore and, and that is rich in that warrior culture. It's like I want them on my side. I want them on my side. Yeah, okay, well, then they're coming. Yeah, know?
0: and if you're trying to cut off that right hand of, of the warring faction and hoping leaving the left hand to do the sort of you know like the pacifist side, that's not going to work because you need that balance. She was trying to thread that needle, and uh, unfortunately for herself, you got Prime Minister Ulmec during this period. Who, who was just such an opportunistic jerk. And he just, like, he was a weather vane. Whoever was, like, blowing the wind that he needed, he followed. And that was, you know, like you have...
2: Typical politics.
0: Exactly. And he, he was out for himself in every turn. And if yeah. anybody was, you know, a, uh, a sort of ultimate undoer of any successful path, he was one of the main reasons, and he's such a jerk and such a—I um, mean, ultimately important character because those things, he was a central part of a lot of these shifts and everything, but just a pain.
2: Like the worst. You're watching those episodes, and you're like, oh my god, this guy got to go. He <laughs> even looks like a jerk, you know? Like I know! So... <laughs> looks like one, he acts like one, he sounds like one, you're like, oh my god. Guess when go, he what, he is one. Yeah. Oh, you don't say. What a surprise. Right. Oh Mac, that's the issue. Is then you've got these people that are so convicted by you know, the cause that they that they're serving, and then you've got these other people that should like actively undoing what they're working towards. Yes. So it's like, oh my gosh, no, no wonder they place fell. <laughs> like nobody's on the same page.
0: No, no, and uh, unfortunately, one main character, very important character enters the scene because of the, all this disarray and...
2: Boba Fett!
0: No. And okay. uh, absolutely lives in chaos and thrives in it. So we're, we're going to take a quick break.
2: Oh, boy! we're going to
0: come back to that and explore just how kind of effect that he has on Mandalore. He or
2: she. We're not giving
0: right. any spoilers. Right. You got to tune in. You got to sit through this commercial if you want to find out the exciting
2: finish. <laughs> stay tuned! Stay tuned! <laughs> Same Cat channel, same <laughs> Cat time. It's perfect. Bow, bow.
1: From the core planets to the outer rim, Air Anakin sets the standard for luxury hyperspace travel. Announcing our newest class of transport, the Nabari Cruiser. Each passenger will be granted Jedi Master Class amenities. Another glass of Felucian Mangis,
0: Liquor Master?
1: Oh, wow! Um, do you really
0: think I should? You should be fine. By the time we arrive on Ord Mantel, we'll likely be under the New Galactic Empire. I may have one with you.
1: So, sit back and relax. It's Aranakin's speciality.
2: One-way trips to Alderaan are now three-fourths off regular price. Don't miss this High Ground special. And we're back! Now to find out if the Mandalorians will make it out from under the thumb of the Vicious Maul. Will they make it back into the favor of the Darksaber? Well, they retain their strength as a warrior culture. Stay tuned to see. So stupid. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yes. So Maul, Maul our favorite one. Yeah. all the people that don't watch the TV shows and went to see Solo were like, wait, what? And this is why. Because, you know, in the Clone Wars, obviously, you know, you see more of his arc. But then... <laughs> He swoops in and makes a whole
0: mess of the place. Well, he does, but you know, we do have to credit our favorite character for at least an assist. Oh, boy. <laughs> because, Hondo...
2: Well, wait, wait, wait. Are you giving credit to or giving blame? <laughs> because I, I want will the take
0: the credit. I want
2: the credit.
0: <laughs> so, yes. Uh, some of the underlings of Hondo ran into <laughs> Ma- uh, to Maul and Savage shortly after they were reunited.
2: And uh, in his charismatic way. All right, so quick break here. Okay. Because it's on my mind right now. I feel like we talked about, you know, Andor and Mandalorian and stuff and what we hope to see in the future. Uh-huh. And anyone that's listening to our show knows what I hope to see in live action future. <laughs> So, if you've seen episode one of season three of The Mandalorian, which, by the time this comes out, you should have. Uh Mm No. And if you have not, well, you better go watch it, (laughs) because you're like, what, three weeks late now? Yes. All right. So, live action, okay, we're in, like, the five to eight years after Return of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. Okay. We're, okay, so... How are, and and no- <laughs> I, <laughs> How are you gonna bring up space pirates and not have Hondo in the damn show? And a guy with horns on his face? I How are you gonna bring up space pirates and not have Hondo? Be worse, instead, we get like Captain Seaweed face.) <laughs> Davy Jones' I don't want to Davey talk Jones's about it. No, no, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> Davy Jones, you know, he would have been like um, a quarant, and that would have been fine. <laughs> but no, we get this like, you know, green screen, pizza, the hut nonsense. <laughs> Instead of... Mm, yeah, we could have had Captain America. Yeah, exactly. At <laughs>
0: least be the okay. boss, but no, but not even there. Yeah, so it's like... Right. A-
2: like I get the guy that's on the ground in Navarro is not the guy. I get it. He's but that could be the, his henchman. Yeah. You know, right. The deck swabbers, whatever. Right. Okay, fine.
1: Ugh.
0: And that's the exact situation that we have because you know when Hondo's henchmen meet up with Sebastian's. Yeah, and Mal-
2: except these dudes got 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 wasted. Well, they did. Yeah, they
0: got they, blasted. They got blasted. And uh, Hondo's guys, he welcomed back into the fold because of the uh, potential windfall of uh, Maul and Savage's <sighs> ship. But yes, yeah, so without an assist from Hondo, we wouldn't be talking about uh, Maul and Savage, how they intersect with <laughs> the Mandalorian uh, collapse. Uh, but which That's is still true. very, very That's interesting true. though. <laughs> You say collapse, I say opportunity. (laughs) Opportunity collapses, you answer the door. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So so at the very end of that episode where the uh, Maul and Savage escape Florham, they had to take the escape pod. So they're drifting in space, basically, you know, frozen because, you know, lack of uh, environmental controls. And right. uh, Bo Katan, Previsla, and some other of the uh, Mandalorians are like space junk, essentially, and come upon this pod. Space junk? Yeah, well, space like junking. Like junk? Yeah, no, space junking. you know.
2: Oh, okay. Searching for, like, you know. Yeah, yeah, space you junk. So, yeah, there you go. Um, so, now, real quick. Yeah. Since they were both imbued with Night Sister magic, do you think that's why they stayed alive?
0: Ooh, that's a great point. It's got to be. It's got to be. Because when they point. were leaving Florum savage lost his forearm and mm-hmm. maul was even his mechanical leg was caught. wait savage had four arms <laughs> yeah he's got
2: three <laughs> what a shame
0: but yeah like that magic you know, that mother talisman green magic was like sort of escaping from their their wounds yeah yeah so that's, that's totally true. cool So, Previsla and uh, Bo Katan pick up the two uh, Knight Brothers, and all chaos ensues. And immediately. Of course it does, because why
2: wouldn't it? Exactly. With these guys involved? Of course.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I don't know why anyone's surprised. Right. And so that kicks off in the episode, I think, season five, episode one, I think, Eminence, uh, which is like, that's where they first are introduced into the story. And they very quickly, and, and Maul, of course, using his charisma, uh takes over somewhat or at least convinces Pre Vizsla that uh this is the right path and then he intertwines the the Black Sun, the Pike Syndicate mm-hmm. and the Hut Clan as part of his base of power, Maul's base of power while using the Death Watch mm-hmm. making Pre Vizsla think that hey yeah I'm here for you to take over Mandalore. No, Maul's got a much bigger picture and uh he definitely picks up the attention of uh, the most important baddie in the entire galaxy eventually, uh, with all these machinations and all these little maneuvers he's doing.
2: Right. Now, I think there's one big problem when you think you're the smartest person in the room. <laughs> and that's the actual smartest person in the room. <laughs> and that's, that's where Pre-vislo ran into some trouble. Yeah, yeah. Because he was like, oh, I've got this guy playing right where I want him. And Maul's like, yeah, okay, buddy. Um so, that whole thing what became a, a mess. Yeah. And then, of course, you know, they had the figurehead that it doesn't mean anything. Yes. And then you've got Maul there pulling the strings, which, I mean, you would, obviously, because he's a master string pooler. Mm-hmm. Not to be confused with the master manipulator. Right. Which we'll get to later. <laughs> Very shortly, in fact. Which we'll get to now. Yeah.
0: <laughs> because for all of... Maul's machinations with Pre Vizsla and what his ultimate plans were, you know, the ultimate power in the universe being uh, Emperor Palpatine. He says (laughs)
1: he's
0: number two. (laughs) Literally, number two. Um, uh, So, you know, (laughs) many sort of things happen while Maul and Pre Vizsla, basically, they they stage a coup, take over, you know, put uh, Satine in jail which she then escapes from with the help of Bo-Katan and Corky, her her uh, bo uh, nephew uh, looks su- suspiciously like, uh, like, like uh, Obi-Wan. But
2: anyways... We oh, never like mind that. that. <laughs> Move on.
0: <laughs> um, she does manage to get a message to uh, Obi-Wan, and uh, thus is the birthplace of uh, the Death Watch, Obi-Wan Kenobi. So we're all very thankful for that. Which all plays Yay. into Maul's master plan of revenge, of course. This is like number one subject with himself, is revenge on Obi-Wan Kenobi. And uh, so that ultimately leads uh, not just Previsla, who was promised Mandalore and mm-hmm. was basically tossed aside, and, and uh... of course he was. Right. You
2: think Maul ever intended to hand it over to him? Never,
0: never. He no, was played his like a fiddle. Stupid fall for listening. Right, and he challenged him to a duel, and he killed <laughs> Previsla because uh... yeah, because Previsla tried to be this sort of false savior for the planet. And it didn't last very long, and uh, you know what I say about thinking you were the smartest guy in the room. Exactly. Bad news. <laughs> so all this happens, and then Maul sets a trap for Obi Wan Kenobi, and yes, very emotional s- set of episodes. And but also, so
2: then next,
0: yeah, we'll skip over that part. Yeah,
2: exactly. <laughs>
0: We all know what happens here, but I don't like this part. <laughs> no, but it does raise the uh, the antenna of the emperor. And he shows up a Mandalore right. and puts and swats this down uh, oh my very God. quickly. Yeah.
2: He swats them around. <laughs> oh,
0: boy. Yeah, he yep. kills Savage. And, and, I, of, and of course, Maul does escape. But
2: I mean, you look at these two dudes and Maul, Maul, I mean, is an exceptional fighter. Right. Okay. Yeah. And then Savage is like a brute force yes. to be reckoned with. Yeah. So between the two of them, you got smash and bash, and um, <laughs> I mean, he is flinging them around like fit in Toy Story, tossing Ooh, these things. <laughs> around. Nice. Oh, what a like just a absolutely just <laughs> done, and it just speaks to to him, to his power, to his um skill mm-hmm. and his ability to just decimate you can see at first he's toying with him you can see he's yes. like he's like barely got a grip on his saber and stuff and he's like okay and he's like oh this bores me i'm tired of this and then he just wrecks him yeah
0: and maul is <laughs> very much in the same way that pre vizla was when you think you're the smartest person in the room... <laughs>
2: That's right. That's right. <laughs> There's the only uh, one problem.
0: The smartest person in the room. Just showed up, and his name is Palpatine. <laughs> That's right. Yep, there he is. So, he sets them back. Uh, he kills Savage, uh, and Maul escapes. And sort of this pre-siege uh, or coup of Mandalore is, uh, you know, is quashed. Mm-hmm. Palpatine leaves, thinking that he's going to have Almec in, in, uh, in position, and... Uh, which doesn't last very long, of course, but, no. um, what was interesting is that this entire thing previously wanted Mandalore while Maul wanted the galaxy and the power and ultimately revenge on Obi-Wan Kenobi. Right. But Maul's network of support, while they all sort of scattered once they saw that this was failing, the Crimson Dawn, Actually, rose from this grouping, which is still a mm-hmm. massively important group of the underworld of Star Wars. Which is, we maybe need to think about doing a, an episode on that because those uh, what do you call them uh, criminal underworld, like uh, yeah, criminal these, uh, uh, criminal organizations. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Perfect, yeah, present a really cool underbelly of Star Wars. Which no, for sure. That, uh, that and group-
2: I love I love the whole business where like he comes into these mafia meetings and he's like listen you guys work for me now and they're like i don't think so so he kills most of them and he's like all right you guys work for me now and the one guy that's left is like yes we yes, do, we do. <laughs> yes like that's the way to do it yeah you know?
0: yeah absolutely so we move on from there to the siege of mandalore oh boy which was the you know the clone wars saved
2: yes, season seven yeah
0: Which was really cool. Oh my gosh.
2: And then we didn't, what we didn't see was the Night of a Thousand Tears. Right, right. Because that's shortly
0: after Order 66. Right, right, right. So, you know, those those episodes of Season 7 were were fantastic and we see from the other side, the other perspective of Order 66 and uh, Ahsoka, who's on the planet trying to help restore it with, (laughs) like you just showed me today, the 332nd um, regiment of the Clone Troopers that were there. And, you know, they're laying siege to Mandalore to overtake the, uh, to, you know, to reestablish the, the proper government. And then Order 66 happens. All heck breaks loose. And yeah. at this point, the clones that were part of Ahsoka's command are now, of course, trying to find her. She escapes, of course, with Rex. And he, Yeah, of uh, course she does.
2: Yeah, she's the best. Of
0: course. And Rex also escapes. He gets, gets rid of his, uh, his chip. Of course he does, because he's the Rex. Yeah. <laughs> He is the rex <laughs> oh man yep. and, and uh now suddenly with all of these clone troopers on mandalore the planet comes under the empire's rule and who do they install as a regent basically a puppet bo katan Yep. But thankfully, she refuses to do the Empire's work. She knows what's going on. Right. And then uh,
2: from... I think that has to do with the relationship that she had with her sister and her absolute defiance to, to even think about joining the Galactic Republic. And then when you've got, like, someone who's hesitant to join the Republic and then you've got the Empire, it's like, okay, well, if she was hesitant to join them, she definitely wouldn't join these guys.
0: That's a great point, because how many times did uh, Satine request assistance from the Republic, which they couldn't because she wasn't an official member? Right. Exactly. And now that it turns into the Empire, now you've got a uh, an entire uh, division of clone troopers basically in position. Now, am I supposed to trust you? Nah, I don't think so.
2: No, of course not. Yeah. They can't be
0: trusted. Right. But who can be trusted? Are the, the Clan Saxon, because <laughs> they were co-conspirators with the that Empire.
2: They can be trusted.
0: You're absolutely right. Right. Good transition. Yeah, and um, we see Gar Saxon uh, in Rebels. Uh, yeah, was definitely sort of a jerkishness of um, uh, of Yeah, I Almeckian... think. Most of that's the haircut, though. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> that's true. That got a weird haircut. He does. <laughs> but yeah, so. Uh, Clan Saxon and Gar Saxon um, sort of step up and sort of try right. and claim, and and actually do become sort of like the puppet leaders of Mandalore with the backing of the Empire. And then that, of course, spawns a new civil war, So mm. not, not necessarily at the same scale as the first one, but because uh, we've got Bo-Katan and the Krees, and she has the backing of the other families, including Clan Ren, but of course Saxon's backed by the Empire. So... As we see in Rebels, they go through all these different things. Uh, you know, uh, Sabine's father's jailed and then during his transport, he's freed and then Ursa Ren uh, comes to the forefront. And what was interesting too, that I didn't know that because of Sabine's association with the Empire and her work on the Duchess, quote unquote, the Duchess, which was the yeah. uh, tool that basically was able to target uh, Mandalorian armor, Beskar.
2: Which can I say how effed up that name is? That is
0: extremely messed up. It's totally what a messed bunch up. of jerks. Yes,
2: yes. I mean, <laughs> for them to call it that, I mean, yeah, it's... like, like what a bunch of jerks. So, furthermore, like, not to not to stop wherever your train of thought was, you know, trying to dock. Um, but <laughs> there's no docking station. Come on. <laughs> no, it's ninety four. It's ninety four. Oh, gotcha. You know ninety four. <laughs> Um, So, in this time, you've got these warrior factions of Mandalore that were basically relegated to Concordia. Yes. Now, do you feel that in this time, when there was such political and galactic turmoil, that these factions on Concordia kind of did the the covert thing, and kind of laid low while the dust was settling? throughout Mandalore and the galaxy so that, you know, they could reemerge after all this crap show was finished and then stand a chance of being a part of something. I
0: do, but I still think that those
2: factious houses would
0: ultimately have led even the warring factions on Concordia to splinter as well. I, I think that the, the society itself was unfortunately flawed. They they could yeah. not relegate either side. They, the pacifism and the warriors they could never meet in the middle to make sort of a whole society. There was too much of a divide. So even within, like I said, the pacifist side with Almec and his machinations and his wants, or Vizsla and, and his group on Death Watch, but you still have the Saxons and you still have the Rens. You know, ultimately, are those goals good at the end? Yes, but they're still fighting each other for the leadership. And it, it took bo with the Darksaber, raising it aloft at the end of Rebels to quasi- unite the families that, le- that were left or decimated, like the point you made. You know, there's so many of our families are dead. We only have a few left. Well, hey, whoever's left standing, I guess, let's, let's go for it. Let's unite finally, you know, in the, in the old Scottish manner. But right. when, when they did do that, it was, you know, shortly before the purge of Mandalore. So it was almost all for naught.
2: Right. But they wouldn't have known that. until no. The Empire came with their bombers and stuff, right. you know? And that's it because I mean,
0: Palpatine must have been there. He's like, wow, what a, <laughs> what a messed up planet. Forget <laughs> it. It ain't, it ain't worth the headache. And that was where they just bombed. That's the night of a thousand tears. And that's what we're seeing right now in season three of Mandalorian. It's the, he was so fed up with all of this
2: faction. Palpatine story. like off Savage and Maul escapes. So as he's leaving back to his shuttle, he's like, "Burn it!"
0: (laughs) (laughs) Another (laughs) Braveheart. Burn it! (laughs) But imagine the level of pain in the assery that you know some sort of report that Palpatine was getting.
2: And yeah, so so it it appears the Mandalorians are are a thorn in our side once again, (laughs) sir. And he's like, "Oh my God. god."
0: Tell me, yeah, who's, it, uh, who's in charge of Mandalore? Uh, let me check, sir. Uh, House <laughs> Ren. Uh, oh, scratch wait, that. Minutes, House cream. minutes are from two days ago. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> let me check Twitter. Oh, sorry. It's Clan Saxon. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: it seems an organization called Crimson Dawn seems to be making a decision, sir.
0: Oh, man. So even with the Darksaber and that may have been enough to unite the Mandalore for the, the time being, but Palpatine just got, grew tired of it. He didn't want to have to deal with it. He knew that uh, you know for as long as this planet was going to be around, he could not control it. He
2: could not... Right. It was almost like a, yeah, a I wild mean, you've card. You've got these people that are too headstrong. Yeah. you know yeah. They'll, they'll support you if it benefits them. Right. To a certain degree. I mean, they're not going to bend the knee or anything like that because they're no cowards. However, if... Being aligned with the Galactic Empire would benefit them as a planet?
0: They would. Right.
2: But oof, the nature of the Empire is like, they're the only game in town. Yes. So it's like, okay, well, now we're going to squeeze more from you. And as as the second the Mandalorians are like, no, you're not. Then he knows he's got trouble in his hands.
0: <laughs> right. And if you think that Emperor Palpatine set up the Great Purge of Mandalore, you knew that, A, they had squeezed out most of the best car they could. B. They'd taken all of the valuable assets, you know, beyond best car off the planet. Sure. And At this point, he's like, ah, "Forget it. We've uh, we've scraped this one enough. Darn it away." <laughs> you go. And yep. that's what they did. They tie bombed it, and we've seen some of these Ugh. scenes in live action of uh, Mandalore and the Great Purge and the Night of a Thousand Tears, and laid waste once again. The ultimate. Waste on Mandalore happened at the behest of Palpatine.
2: What happened was, at that point, anyone who called Mandalore home or identified as a Mandalorian in any respect, whether it be Creed or Birthright, they ended up having to go anywhere else. They, they, yeah. got, they got splintered and fractured and and spewing across the galaxy wow. into yeah. these, uh, these coverts or these cells of Mandalorians on, on these different worlds because their world was perceived to be destroyed or, or at least toxic.
0: Poisoned, yeah, literally poisoned. Yeah. And that was one of the, the, the lore that uh, not only is it destroyed and everything turned to glass, but it's also a poisonous atmosphere. It was almost like a, a tale that was told after the Great Purge. So almost as if planted, like, just do not ever go there. Quarantine planet. Do not visit. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Hey, wouldn't it be wild if like nothing happened to it, and they were just, and the Empire was spreading that propaganda?
0: Oh, 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 oh. imagine!
2: Oh boy. Mandalorian season three predictions.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh.
0: Mandalore has regained its flora and fauna, and is a, and is a thriving planet.
2: <laughs> Star Tours is going to go there. It's going to be fine
0: oh my gosh imagine um, i can
2: imagine quite a bit you
0: can you can imagine quite a bit <laughs> wait are your feet up on the chair no okay. of course um, they
2: are you're okay. <laughs> on the ladder Actually,
0: <laughs> nice
2: <laughs> i wish
0: i wouldn't put it past them because the is a bunch of jerks true true and propagandists for sure right right so that would be right up their alley oh boy
2: So then throughout The Mandalorian, then you have, you know, Moff Gideon being like, oh, that place is toast, which of course he would say. Right. And then the armor with these stories. But then's like, but if no one's there, then how do we even know? That's very true. And
0: he's got the question. of, Well, and that was the end of episode one was I'm going to go find out. Right. Because,
2: I mean, how do we know if it's toxic if no one's there and no one's been there?
0: You know, that traveler that picked up a piece of glass that had the uh the Mandalorian writing on it. Well yeah. this traveler survived. Who's this traveler? We don't know. Right. Um, but um he was one of probably
2: the per- somebody imbued with Night Sister magic. Yeah.
0: Or, you know, Pergil. Well, who knows? <laughs>
2: <laughs> or it's Babu Frick. Babu Frick. <laughs> Night speed! Ooh. Oh uh, yeah. baby. <laughs> oh no. So um so it'd be interesting to see. I had thought that when Din Djarin was, was coming by to go to Mandalore, that he was actually going to go to Mandalore. Silly me. In the Mandalorian, to have the Mandalorian go to Mandalore would be too ridiculous. Um, <laughs> Tricks are for kids. Silly yeah. It would <laughs> be interesting to see the planet proper, one, in live action for the first time. Right, yes. Not like in flashbacks or some lame nonsense. but. Also, what has become of it, you For know, sure. because you're talking about you've got you, the last time we've seen it was before, it was, I guess, in, in Rebels. Yes. So you've got 20 years. Yeah. S- since we've seen Mandalore in any respect. So it would be interesting to see what what it looks like geographically. Yeah. And also, um, you know, kind of what resources it has and, and whether or not the underground jacuzzis are still uh, bubbling up for our, our buddy Din here to, to cleanse his soul. Uh, you know, a couple of our fathers, a different jacuzzi, and he's all set. Exactly. <laughs> it truly is. And the
0: implications for the rest of, well, this show for sure, The Mandalorian, but also galaxy-wide at this point... If there is a resurgence of the planet Mandalore, like you said, which is a wild idea to think about, where if indeed uh, this was all just like a ruse, basically, and here mm-hmm. we have like, Bo Katan sitting on her empty throne on Kalevala, uh, because that's like the home planet of her house, when she could be sitting on the throne of <laughs> Mandalore, uh, without the Darksaber, of course, um, but they're right. all avoiding it like the plague. Um, It would be huge for the the shifting winds in this time period for sure, and would have implications for the sequel trilogy, of course.
2: Could you imagine the backlash from the Mandalorians that are scattered about upon finding out that that they were lied to by the Empire? Gosh. Oh my gosh. Oh, they'd be pissed.
0: Yes. Yes, they would. (laughs) What an interesting thought, though.
2: Wow. Yeah. That's
0: why I said it. (laughs) We may have to do an addendum to this episode once uh, once the season ends, or uh, who knows where it could happen. But uh, now, let's just do another episode. Well, we're gonna have an episode with uh, Michael and Dale. Where we're gonna talk about the entire. Uh, That's true. The uh, whole season. Exactly. So uh, oh, we'll be able, able to discuss that uh, at length with them as well. So in our, yeah, in our tradition.
2: <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You know. I'm down for it. Those, yeah. These are cool cats. Yeah, we're already talking dates. So, uh... <laughs> oh, yeah. all right. I'll let you know. Oh,
0: perfect. <laughs> Thanks for keeping me in the loop. We just tell you the dates and the talent shows up. <laughs> and, of course, your writer's fulfilled. <laughs> and I show up, too. So
1: there's that.
0: Oh, that's true. That's Mike, an implication. Michael I'm and Dale. Talent. Michael and Dale are the talent. Yes, you're right. Yeah, it's true. That's yeah. very, very yeah. true. Yeah. So there we go. That's uh, Mandalore um, up until and including uh, Episode 1 of
2: Mandalorian Season 3. Yeah. So, I mean, we'll see what happens in the coming weeks of the show. But, uh, you know, as for now, I think that's uh, pretty rich and storied history. Yes. All right. So uh, speaking of rich and storied history, we're four years into this thing. Yeah. We just kicked off Season 5 with uh, Episode 101. Oh, boy. Look at that. (laughs) So um, it all started out with our little uh, website at conversations.com, and then we added the facebook.com/slash conversations. We're at suations on Twitter. We've got conversations on the Instas, and let's not forget our link tree, link.tree/slash conversations, and of course we are. Founding members of the Red Five Podcast Network at the behest of Robert LeBarry of the Jedi Temple Archives Podcast. Uh that is bio.link slash red five. And um we've got the um at the uh, little shot there. Yeah, we're uh we're working hard at uh Upgrading
0: our t shirt site. So.
2: <laughs> We're working hard at staying incognito. Uh, <laughs> staying under the yep. radar. Yep,
0: yep. And uh, yeah, in the next couple of weeks, we should have some, uh, some new designs and uh, yeah, should be fun.
2: I need to get a, um, a galactic. Uh, what was it? Galactic poultry commander? Yes. <laughs> <t-shirt>. <laughs> it's so stupid. <laughs> I love it so much. Having said that,
0: this is the way. This is the way. Hello! Welcome to Conversations, I'm
2: Charles. And I'm Pat, and this is episode 102. Through the galaxy there are many diverse worlds, from those with lush green, snow-covered plains, and dense forestry, and bio el de Frick? squeezy!